0: everyone, welcome to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 and 88. You're listening to Renee and Kate this morning. Kate, how are you? I am very good. Yes, how are you? I am well as well. We Um, both slept last night. We both had a good sleep, yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's always good. Um, What are you grateful for this morning? This morning I'm grateful for Honesty. Oh, yes. is there a story? There is a story. Uh, so I've been, um, if you were listening on Monday, I was challenged to write a song on Isaiah 55. Mm. And I've been recording it in the evenings. And um, last night I, I thought, oh, yes, this is almost there. So I, I put the headphones on my husband's ears and, and he had a listen, straight face. Um, afterwards, he's, I was like, yeah. And he's just like, mm, it's different. Ah, It's not your usual style. (laughs) (laughs) So we have a policy uh, between us where... Honesty is the policy. Yes. It's not just the best policy. It's the only policy. Mm. And, um, so we're, we're honest, which, which at the time can feel a little bit, oh, that hurt a little bit. But mm. in the long run, it is so good. Yeah. It's so good because, you know, do I have bad breath? Well, actually, honey, yes, you do. Yeah. Um, I can do something about that. Yeah. So yeah, I'm actually wondering if any of our listeners, uh, have any stories on, uh, just Honest moments that have actually turned out for the best. Um, So don't call in just yet. Um, I will first ask you, Renee,
0: what you're grateful for. Yes. That was a great story, by the way. Um, I think I, I would say I'm grateful for sparkles i absolutely love sparkles let me explain um last night went out to the lake with a bunch of friends and i looked up in the sky and there was just all these i could say stars but they were like (laughs) sparkling stars and then in the lake um if you like moved the water and splashed a bit it sparkled as well it's like that bioluminescence kind of thing oh big word it's just it's beautiful it was just amazing but
2: you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different
0: What's happening in the world of positively different different news, Kate? All right. Swimming is
1: about to be a lot safer in Germany. So there is... Artificial intelligence <laughs> that is going to help this. Um, basically, uh, nearly 420 people were drowning in Germany um, in 2019. Uh, so a lot of these happened in freshwater lakes, but also in swimming pools. So they have decided to yeah use artificial intel- intelligence um, and... It, they're basically lifeguards that are in the water and there is a uh, drone above sort of monitoring things. And, you know, if people are drowning, they usually have a certain posture that mm. um, the drones can sort of... Uh, detect? Yes, detect. Mm. And um, basically the vehicle, you know, when there is an alarm, the artificial intelligence um it Mm -hmm. goes over and lifts the person up out of the water takes it to the ex, you know to the edge of the swimming pool Mm -hmm. and um when it was tested it was actually tested with an 80 kilogram dummy which was deposited at the depth of three meters and the robot picked it up secured it in place brought it to the surface within a second whoa Okay. <laughs> and carried it via the shortest route, a distance of 40 metres to shore, where the rescue team was already waiting. And, um, the full rescue operation lasted just over two minutes, and as you may be aware, um, it's, you know, casualties have to be resuscitated within five minutes to avoid yeah. long term damage. Every second uh, counts. Exactly. Yeah. So this was well within the time. Mm. Um, the the addition at the moment mm. is equipped with batteries, motor, cameras, and optical and navigation sensors. So it's at the moment it's a, it's ninety centimeters long, mm. fifty centimeters high, fifty centimeters wide, but. As, you know, iPhones and things like that. Um, The aim is always to make it smaller, lighter and more cost effective. (laughs) (laughs) That is, yeah, that's the iPhones. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So watch this space. Yes.
0: Oh, yes. That will save lives. It will save lives. Yeah. And so, yeah, with, with such, doing it at such fast speed, it really just, yeah, that really changes the whole the whole game of it. Mm. I guess it does bring up a question. Do Are
1: we happy that artificial intelligence is taking the place of um, people, Ooh, and their good dogs. question. <laughs> 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 That's I mean, a can if of worms. Sa- yeah. I mean, yes, it's saving lives, but you know, how far will you take? Will you take the robots in in uh, like in the way we live our lives? Mm. Exactly. In future, interesting. Okay, our next news: uh, a new planet has been discovered. This planet is fifty percent larger than Earth, but requires less than, than half a day to orbit its star. So, every day that we're on Earth, this planet orbits its star twice. It's a very hot planet. It's 2,000 degrees Kelvin, which I looked up. It's actually 1,726 degrees Celsius. (laughs) So, we don't want to live there. We can't go live there like Mars. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's roughly three times the mass of Earth, and its density, they've calculated, is roughly the same as our planet. So yeah, it's very interesting. At the moment, it's just being referred to as T O I five six one B.
0: I was going to ask what what did they call it? Oh T O what five six one B? Wow. Yes. <laughs> um, so I'm, yeah, I'm sure there'll be more information on that. How cool! That must be in another solar system. Obviously, it said you said it it travels around its star. Yes. Um, that's really cool. I know. Huh. I know.
1: So fifty percent larger than Earth. So it's not a small planet. No.
0: (laughs) I wonder if it's like a gas planet. Can you walk on it? Well, like you said, it's very hot there, so you probably don't want to. Mm. But, huh. Yes. That's really cool. It
1: has sparked questions. (laughs) Okay. So when clouds of radiation began streaming into the air around Fukushima nuclear plant, 160,000 residents were told to simply cut and run, but two didn't listen. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> Their names are Naoto Matsumara and Seke Kato. They remained because of their love for animals. Oh, okay. I know. This is a very sweet story. So their love for an- animals was actually stronger than their need for self-preservation because mm. obviously, you know, the radiation is yeah. very strong there. Yeah. Um, so 57-year-old Kato has 41 cats, a stray dog, and says that he will stay with his cats and ensure <laughs> they are comfortable. All through their lives. (laughs) The other gentleman, Matsumara, left the city at first but returned shortly after his own, like for his own animals. Once he returned, he realized that everybody else's pets and livestock were still there, so he began taking care of them. And that includes pigs, cats, dogs, ponies, ostriches, and cows. (laughs) Absolutely. No, basically the story was that he went back, um, to the exclusion zone, they call Mm. it, so you're not meant to be there. Um, and when it became clear that no one was coming back to the neighborhood, he went and unchained all the dogs from trees, let the cows out of their barns, fed anything that needed it, and it earned him the, the, uh, name guardian of Fukushima's animals
0: Come on here <laughs> i know i didn't think about that like when you when all these people have left real quickly for their safety and all these dogs chained up, I or like know. these animals still in um their their pens or whatever. Yeah, that's really thoughtful for him. It I very. Think. I mean, I would have. I'm a
1: crazy cat lady, so yeah. I would have definitely <laughs> taken a cat with me if I had a cat.
0: But <laughs> how does forty
1: one cats sound? Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> According to scientists, uh, Matsumara is also the champion, the most irradiated man in the country. Yeah, yeah. But despite this, they've advised him that it will likely be. 30 to 40 years before radiation begins to wreck his biology. Mm. And he just says, Well, I'm likely to be dead by then. So he's just willing to do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> they're technically not allowed to live there. It's yes. illegal.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and the police have ordered them both to leave the area. They don't seem to be easily convinced. Mm. So our next story, if we have time, yes, comes from Uganda. And O'Care Momkok was destroyed during the Ugandan Civil War in 1980s, but is now being rebuilt into a sustainable community for the 4,000 people that live there. Mm-hmm. So the sustainable principles are, um, renewable energy, sustainable harvesting, and of the natural resources. The village has a clinic, a church, very important. Mm-hmm. A school, a community centre, markets and a bank and the electricity generated through solar energy is available to everybody and clean water, thanks to the modern borehole, borehole methods, keep cholera outbreaks at bay mm. so that's very important because yeah. um yeah there's a lot of those in the region uh an expert in international development and gra- a graduate of the london school of economics ojok o'kella started the project with a fifty-four thousand dollar investment from his own pocket the village uh was where he had some extended family so he just really wanted to help them um and yes that's what he's done
0: Oh, excellent. It's been some great positive news happening around the world.
2: You're listening to The Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different.
0: Okay, so we are talking about the trans-Tasman bubble. Um, the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, has called on New Zealand to open up to Australians in the same way the nation has for the Kiwis. He's reinstated the one-way travel bubble, which means currently New, Zealand's, New Zealanders are able to enter Australia without needing to do any time in hotel quarantine. But the same cannot be said for Aussies who are looking to travel over the ditch. Speaking to reporters on Wednesday, the PM said the decision has always been down to Wellington, insisting that he was happy for New Zealand to open its borders whenever it saw fit. He says that if the New Zealand government doesn't wish Australians to visit New Zealand and spend money in Queenstown or Wellington or other parts of the country, that's a matter for them, he told reporters. He said that. But if Australians can't go to Queenstown, I'm hoping they'll go to Cairns. The travel bubble was reinstated on Tuesday night after Auckland's hotspot status was removed following a uh, outbreak in Auckland. More than 1.7 million Kiwis emerged from a strict week long lockdown in the nation's biggest city on Sunday as health authorities rushed to contain a COVID cluster that broke out in a high school. So later, a case of the highly contagious UK variant was detected and uh, updated advice advice received on Tuesday from New Zealand officials suggested that the hotspot status be lifted and the green flights should resume on 11.59 uh, on March the 11th. Australia's chief medical officer, Paul Kelly, has been monitoring the situation and has said it has improved greatly with minimal risk remaining uh, in from the Auckland cluster. So that's kind of uh we're still not uh, allowed to travel. Australians are not allowed to travel yet, but the PM is pushing or just encouraging um New Zealand to open its borders to Australians. I don't know uh, how you feel about that. I know I was supposed to go last year, but flights were cancelled and that's so fine. I'm happy to go whenever, whenever is possibly allowed. Uh, in more news in Queensland, this is actually pretty exciting. The Queensland parliament has passed legislation to ban single use plastic straws, stirrers, cutlery, and plates, along with polystyrene foam food containers and cups from September the first <laughs> shell is wow. celebrating. Yes. Yeah. So that's going to be banned September the first this year. It's following the passage of laws on Wednesday, uh, uh, on Wednesday, Environment Minister Megan Scanion said that there was overwhelming community support for banning such products, which were often too, uh, were too often discarded thoughtlessly. Mm-hmm. I can agree on that. Yes. yes. Plastic pollution is spoiling our streets, parks and escaping into our ocean and waterways and killing our iconic life, wildlife, she says in a statement. Half of all plastic produced is designed to be used only once and then thrown away. And that litter is destroying the environment. Mm. The waste reduction and recycling uh, amendment act of 2020 was the next step in uh, the government's war on waste, she says. Um, and that during um, during this time, uh, the, the, le- sorry, the legislation makes provision for more single use items to be banned through regulation in the future. So stock up on your, um, your, what do you call those? Like you re- reusable cutlery yes. and your, the cups. I love that idea. When you can bring your own cups, when you're buying like coffee or chai or hot chocolates, um, those are really great to have. Um, and I have just a lot of friends who really, who have like studied on the environment and, and just the damage that these single use mm. plastic, um, plastic containers are, are doing yeah. to our environment. So when you can make a change, go ahead. Exactly. <laughs> uh, great news there. And not only that, uh, I know you shared there was a, um, a, pl- a new planet discovery, yes. not only that China and there is, this isn't a planet discovery, but China and Russia are planning to build a lunar space station. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they, the Russian space agency Ros, Roscosmos, uh, says that it has signed an agreement with China's National Space Administration to develop research facilities on the surface of the moon or in uh, in orbit or both. So that's the plans. So they're either going to build a station on the moon, around the moon, or both. On it and around. <laughs> <laughs> A statement from both countries space agency says that it will be available for all, na- for other nations. It comes as Russia prepares to celebrate the 60th anniversary for its first ever manned space fi- flight. The International Scientific Lunar Station, um, will carry out a wide range of scientific research, including the exploration and utilisation of the moon. A statement from both agencies have said that China and Russia will use their accumulated experience in space science, research and development and use the space equipment and space t- technology to jointly develop a roadmap for the construction of an international lunar scientific research station. It's added that both Russia and China will collaborate in planning, designing and development and operation of the research station. Oh, I wonder how that will go. <laughs> Just always curious whenever two people come together. It's always going to be like, oh, wonder what's uh, what's going to happen there. Great things or. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll have to see. Find out. I, we'll have to find out. Um, this will be, uh, Chen Lan, an analyst who specializes in China's space program, told AFP news agency that the project was a big deal. It sure is. This will be the largest international space cooperation project for China. And it's so significant to, um, China is relatively a late bloomer when it comes to the world of space exploration. But last December, um, the Chang, Chang'e's E, Chang's E5 probe successfully, successfully brought back rock and soil it picked up from the moon. And at that time, you will seen as another demonstration of the country's increasing capability in space. I definitely agree. Um, you don't have to be the first. You just have to be like constantly just... Consistent and trying. And mm. so uh, Russia has pioneered space exploration and has, uh, had, has been eclipsed by China and the United States in recent years. Last year, it lost its monopoly on taking the astronauts to the International Space, Space Station following spaces SpaceX's successful launch. The US has announced plans to return to the moon by 2024 and the program is called artemis it will see a man and a woman step on the lunar surface in what would be called the first landing with humans since 1972 Oh, so i'm i would uh, keep up with that that's pretty interesting um, just real quickly, um, at least six homes have been destroyed in a Hawaiian Island dam floods. Um, the mayor of the Hawaiian Island of Maui has asked res- residents to evacuate and others to seek shelter due to flooding that has threatened to cause a dam failure early Monday and has already damaged and destroyed at least six homes. The fire department reported it received more than a dozen calls for help from the residents who were trapped in their homes because of rising floodwaters according to a report there. So um, just wishing, hoping that everything, everyone stays safe um, as they're going through this.
2: You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different.
0: It is now time for our guest interview, and this morning we have a very special guest. His name is Jared Stackelroth, and he is an editor at The Science Magazine. Hi, Jared. How are you this morning? Renee, really good to be with you. Yeah, really well. Thank you. We're super glad to have you on this morning. I did want to talk quickly about the issue that you guys brought, The Science Magazine brought out this month for March What was, I guess, my first question for those who don't know, what is the Science Magazine, just to people, the listeners out there who aren't aware of the magazine?
1: Yeah,
2: um, Science of the Times is a Christian lifestyle magazine. It's one of the longest-running, continuously-running magazines in this part of the world, 136 years, I think, this year. And we've always talked about, I guess, current events and and a Christian perspective on on the world through things that are happening in the world, through health and lifestyle and relationships, and yeah, just trying to make people's lives, I guess, better and help people to see things with a different perspective.
0: I see. So, you guys are a magazine where you basically talk on different topics and issues that are current that are happening currently. But you also have a Christian perspective. You're coming from a Christian perspective, am I right?
2: That's correct. Yeah.
0: Amazing. So, so what topics have you touched on in this March issue? Good
2: question. We've got OnlyFans is a platform where people, young usually young women, jump on there and. Sort of share selfies of themselves or videos of themselves, often without clothes or even, you know, explicit videos, um, and try and make money from from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of our young ladies who's who writes somewhat regularly for Science, um, Caitlin Jankovic, she's looked at it from, I guess, some of the exploitation stories that are coming out from that platform, and I guess the morality of of the platform, and, and perhaps why. Some of these young women would be feel traps or feel like they have to do something like this to, to make a living or to thrive in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the pitfalls or the dangers of that. We've also got an interesting question: Where did life come from? So that's a huge topic that Dr. John Ashton tackles for us. Is this more of a um, sci-
0: is this from a science perspective?
2: Yeah, definitely from science. He's a scientist, um, Christian scientist. He's explaining. Sort of DNA chains and, and proteins, but he does it in a fairly accessible way. You know, I'm no scientist myself, but uh, he sort of breaks it down for us yeah. and makes it
0: um, <laughs> for us commoners easy to understand <laughs> yes. and, and, and
2: interesting. Also, a really important, I think, a really big question that a lot of people have is where did life come from and and how does it work? And he does a really good job of tackling that.
0: We actually have John Ashton on our radio once a month. And so people love him. He's a great addition to the shows. I just want to jump back onto you were talking about one of the topics in your issue this March was talking about OnlyFans, which from what I know about it and from what I've heard people talk about it. Actually, the perspective that you guys took is very different to what I hear about it, actually. Especially in social media, there is this right, attitude yeah. that, you know, oh, we're finally being free. We're finally able to express ourselves sexually. So that's, it's seen in a positive light. Mm. So it was really interesting that you guys took a different, different outlook on that and saw it actually for, for what it really, the effects of it and the impact that it's going to have on, mm. on society mm-hmm. because it's a very new platform. Yes. I guess for your readers out there who read your articles and see your perspective, and it, it could be kind of controversial if I'm, I'm going to assume Um you can compare to people's perspectives. I'm just what, how do you, I guess, you know, do people give you kind of feedback on, on the stance that you make on certain topics?
2: Yeah, look, we, um, we open and we want to have conversations with people to give them the opportunity to give their perspectives. Science has contributed in some of, of the Reddit forums and, and asked the question, you know, is porn unhealthy or unhelpful? What do people think of OnlyFans? And yeah, we certainly saw from that that we got mixed reception for that. Um, a lot of people say, oh, it's great, it's fine, you know people can can do what they want and others said well porn is actually creating a, a lot of problems in our society and so there is there is certainly mixed receptions to some of the things that we cover. But I think it's great to just start the conversation and get people thinking perhaps a little differently about some of these topics. OnlyFans obviously experienced a huge surge during the pandemic, during lockdown. People were at home struggling with a lot of things, you know, feeling perhaps overwhelmed by life and by what's happening in the world around them. Uh, they're sitting at home and they're, they're turning to OnlyFans and other other places on the internet to just I guess, have an escape or to try something different or to experience some form of gratification, you know? Yeah. And yet the author, um, while she acknowledges that, yes, the popularity has gone up a lot, she's looking at some of the, I guess, the dangers, the the divorce rate, the trap, people trapped in, in relationships that one of the partners is a porn user and so they're not investing themselves in the relationship fully. Some of the dangers that I don't think we scientifically understand yet, you know, that that, um, I saw a recent study that porn is rewiring people's brains, they're they're, they're actually thinking and social media and other things are doing this as well. That's not to say that um, we should ban the internet or we should be all off social media, but it's certainly something to understand and to be aware of how some of these things can be dangerous and some of the places on the internet aren't safe, especially for children and can exploit the people who think that they're free or liberating themselves. They actually get into a system where they can't stop and they, they're not getting that much money. Um, OnlyFans is taking a good percentage of that cut and, and they're finding themselves being exploited and abused by other people. So.
0: Mm. all points you've shared are very important for us to keep aware and mindful of i do want to jump back real quick i just want to appreciate that you guys were on reddit that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah look we've, we've, we're trying things
2: to i guess reach different people and new people and, and i know that reddit has been sort of has a reputation as a pretty crazy place uh wild west if you will of, of social media absolutely and yes sort of I know that um, it can be a hostile place to Christians, but we thought, look, we're going to try, you know, what better place to, to do ministry or to to reach people with different perspectives than I agree. to be there in yes. a place like that. So, yeah, yes. we're, we're, we're trying it out.
0: I, I I see where you're coming from. I do want to ask a question. How do you gain... Uh, uh, like perspective when writing these articles, I'm just going through and, and seeing the articles on um your website. I believe is it science of the times dot org dot au. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so I'm just reading some of the articles you have online, and there are some amazing topics there. But how do you make sure that you're coming from a place of truth or fairness? Like, how do you know what you're sharing is? Is reliable, valid, or worthy for someone to read? Look, I
2: think that Christians often, sometimes, can bury their heads in the sand and try and protect themselves from the
0: big bad world out there. Yeah, there, 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 there's this, and, and it, it comes
2: from a place, I think, of um, of value. You know, they're, they're trying to, to to walk a, a higher road trying to keep themselves safe and, and protected from some of the, mm. let's face it, the world is a, the world is a crazy place. Scary. and, and yeah. It's a sad place. It's a traumatic place. It's a difficult place. But I think Jesus gave us the model where he incarnated himself. He, he became one of us. He walks through the pain and the heartache. Um, he was tortured. He was abused. He was struggling. And, as he did that, he did it to redeem. He did it to to take, I guess, a higher perspective or the truth, he was the way, the truth, and the life. He brought life to dark and, and difficult places. Mm. And I guess we're trying to do that. I guess we look at the world and we say, look, there is hope. We look at the trends, we look at the current news articles and ideas that are being talked about in society and we go, where's the hopefulness in this? We can't always be sure that, we're giving the truth as an objective, like, moral, overarching thing that we are 100% sure, because only God sort of knows that. Mm. But for us, it's like, what does the Bible tell us? What has Jesus revealed? Mm. And does he have something to say, to share on these difficult and and, and sometimes dark um, topics? Where can we find hope? Where can we find life in the midst of struggling and death and suffering, how do we do that? And so I think um, that's certainly a question that's foremost in our minds when writing about or trying to understand the world that lives, that is around us, that we live in. How can we redeem this space like Jesus did? How can we enter the space, understand and acknowledge the space? You know, good journalism principles are always go a long way. Um, you know, we try not to... We put ourselves into the scenario, but examine and analyze the scenario and say, Hey, what does it look like? And how can I bring some hope or some, um, share the hope that I have in Jesus through, through examining this topic? Um, that's certainly a place to start, I think.
0: Mm, and it's a good place to start. If anything, it sounds like you guys focus on spreading hope and spreading the gospel truth. Through a way that you're you're not being silent, you're being very vocal, um, and you're being courageous in that, and you're doing your best to speak the truth, which I think is a very admirable thing. So, just want to thank you and your team at the Science Magazine for the amazing work you're doing, and for the listeners out there who want to, I guess, read your content, where can they get in access to Signs of the Times Magazine?
2: Yep, Signs of the Times. Science.org.au is our website. They can go there and read all the articles. They can certainly subscribe or subscribe for a friend to give a copy away. There's also a podcast that we do, which I think is played on Faith FM every couple of weeks. At the moment, we're doing every two weeks, um, but we hope to be back up to once a week releasing those soon. So that's Science Radio. Podcast that should be available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all the different ways to get podcasts, as well as yeah, listening to um, Faith FM. And yeah, anyone is free to email us if they have questions or if they'd like to um, get more info. Email us at info at times dot org dot au.
0: Thank you so much, Jared. It was a pleasure having you this morning.
2: Likewise, thank you, Renee.